you can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning, download the app, give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. Um, I'm Jeff Johnson with Heather Shoemaker. How you doing, Heather? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. i got to start the show with an apology. We haven't had a fresh episode in a while, and uh, that's the fault of the country of Australia. Um, I, was, I was there for two months doing presentations, and the plan had been to, to figure out the time difference and, and make a couple recording sessions happen so that we could, uh, could keep fresh episodes coming for you all, but uh, that, that didn't happen. That's, that's on me, so I apologize for that, but we're back at it. Um, what's our topic for today, Heather? Well, while you were gone in Australia, lots of big things have been happening in the news, um, both in the country and in, um, internationally. So it seems as if it would be good to touch on the topic of news disasters and how do you talk to young kids about the big, scary things they may be have, hearing about in the adult world in the news. That's a uh, that's a nice light topic to get uh, get started on <laughs> when we come back with episodes. Yeah. Welcome back from vacation. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the heavy hitting things. Yeah, well, you know, seriously, um, it's it's a hard thing to talk about. So, um, let's let's talk about it. Where do we start? Yeah, well, it is a hard thing to talk about it, and I think that that's a big reason why a lot of um, caring adults don't talk about it, especially with the younger kids, because. You know, it, it's it's hard enough for us to even accept this news, let alone know what to do with it. Um, you know, it, it's hard for us to keep our, our feelings and our um, knowing knowing how we can make the world better. It's just hard stuff, no matter what age you are. But then, when you're an adult caring for a child, either in a daycare or um, you know a parent or grandparent, you feel like, oh, we just want to keep them innocent and and um, protect them and don't let them even know about what's going on in the world. But surprise, <laughs> they already pick up a lot. So, you know, just a story the other day, um, and I wrote about this in my blog, I was watching an idyllic scene out the window. Um, my kids and a neighbor kid were out there playing an imaginary game, and they were out in nature, and they were doing something with their imagination, and it just looked great. Lots of happiness and a lot of jumping around and and I thought, oh, the picture of childhood, you know. And then a little while later, they came in, and I, I asked what the game was. And they said, oh, we were playing ISIS. <laughs> of course they were. You know, one of them's five, and one of them's – and you just think, ISIS, okay. There goes there, – take the bubble of this idyllic <laughs> game and prick it. No, <laughs> It just exploded in my face, but of course they are. And, you know, f if I put my thinking cap on, I realize that this is exactly what kids do. When they hear things in the news, you think they don't hear any of it. But they, they pick up scraps, either from the media or from adult conversations or from their buddy down the street or from the school bus. They pick things up, and they don't know what to make of it, and play is how children process the world. 
So when there's something huge and scary, they're going to play it out. They need to process it. And if you as adults don't even talk about it with them or or say, hey, have you been hearing anything that's worrying you lately, um, they're going to take their fears underground, and, and kids concoct the darndest ideas, such as because they spilled their milk, somebody got bombed across the world. I mean, very young children especially, they, they think it's their fault sometimes. Yeah, they're because the, the universe still revolves around them so much, so it, they must have an impact me, on me, it all. Me, 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 yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and because they got in trouble at school or because this or that happened or because they didn't put their stuffed animals in a certain way on the bed. I mean, they, they come up with a way that they're trying to process the world, and they will, depending on the personality of the kid, a lot of kids will think it's their fault. And so that doesn't often occur to us as adults. <laughs> of course it's not your fault. <laughs> you know? But they can think that. And so it's nothing more than to clear the air and say, you know what, this is nothing that you did. It's not your fault. This is, has to do with other people, uh, you know, causing these bad things to happen. That can be a huge relief. So sometimes we are not talking about these ideas because we're trying to protect them, but actually it's a kinder, more protective thing to let them know you had nothing to do with this. It's not your fault. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a, a, a sit down and have a serious conversation about it and and flip charts and, and graphs and video. It's it's just a, a human to human kind of conversation about hey, this is this is happening in the world and and just just got that that moment of a, a, a moment of honesty, a moment of uh, connection is is really all it needs. It right. doesn't have to be a big hard thing. I think I think what you touched on with the with the ISIS play. I think another thing we need to remember is that um, we need to not stop that kind of play when it happens. And mm -hmm. I think that seems to be the go-to response in a lot of settings, whether it's a home setting or, or a, or a childcare setting, to, to turn off, to shut down that kind of gruesome type of play. Um, but but what, the, what children are doing when they're engaging in that is trying to work through whatever they've been exposed to in, in the media or, or listening to adult conversations and that kind of thing. Um, and and so play is the way that they, they go about processing. Right. That we need to welcome that. Yeah, shutting that kind of play down is probably it's just one of the worst things you can do because they're big topics. The kids understand that it's big. They understand that it's big, bad, and scary. They don't really know much beyond that, often depending on the age of the kid. But if something's big, bad, and scary, then it needs to be welcome to come out, come out of their feelings, come out of their bodies, come out of their heads, and to be able to ask questions. So when when the kids came in and said they were playing ISIS, <laughs> besides this cold chill going down my spine, I, I then I kind of swallowed and I said, what do you know about ISIS? And uh -huh. that's a great starting question because um, they may not know much at all about whatever the topic is, mm -hmm. but they've heard enough. So um, they may want to know, and then I, I'll say, oh, so that's what you know. Do you want to know what it is? Do you want to know more? And depending on their mood, but often I, I find that kids say, yeah, they do want to know more because they kind of picked up the, the vibe. Um, they've picked up the vibe, but they don't know anything more. And kids feel safer when they understand their world. I think that's another important point that as adults who are trying to be caring for these young children – um, there's different ways of viewing safety, and I think that when kids understand the world, um, they do feel safer. So we sat down and talked about all kinds of things, and I felt as if 
it had been way too much information, and maybe I should stop now. Uh-huh. And I, so I, I said, um, did I answer your question? And usually they'll say, yeah, and they're ready to go <laughs> on to something else. But two times or three times during our conversation when I checked in and said, did I answer your question? Do you want to know anything more? They said, yes, we want to know more, um, which I found interesting. So And in, in your head, did you go, oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh gosh, more. <laughs> but, but do check in because um, if you cut it off and they are still hungering for knowledge, that, that can be scary to have sort of half a story. And it ended up that my youngest wanted to keep on talking about it until he felt safe. Uh-huh. You know, are they going to come to his house? Um, and depending where you live, you will have a very different answer for whatever the topic is. You know, it's not necessarily all ISIS. It could be um, shootings. It could be whatever's happening in the news that, that really um, scares our souls. It scares the kids' souls, too. And I think we can't guarantee them that will not happen here. Um, you know, you won't have an earthquake here or there won't be a shooting. You can't just tell them that because it's not true. Um, but you can assure them in ways that they, they can feel mostly safe and they can feel emotionally safe, such as I will do everything I can to keep you safe. Um, or you don't live on an earthquake fault. Let's look at the world and see where the big places where earthquakes are common. Um, or tornadoes are rare here. Or maybe you live in a place where tornadoes are common. Don't you live in Iowa, Jeff? I do live in Iowa. <laughs> and so yep. if you live in a place where something's common, like hurricanes or some natural disaster, you can't dodge and say, yeah, they don't happen here at all. <laughs> but you can say, if something happens, this is we get a siren and we go down to the basement and this is what we do. And just knowing what to do, like if there's a fire, it's the same thing. If there's a fire... We go out of the house, and we do not take anything, not even your favorite toy. This is what we do if there's a fire. It's probably not going to happen, but if it does, this is what we do. So in the same manner, the same with a shooting, the same with an earthquake, the same with anything that could happen to that child's home. Just explain the procedure very simply and keep your voice calm and say, this is what we do, and you can even practice it. They may practice it in their play. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I, I I see that happen a lot. They're trying. It, it's all about making sense of the world and 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 organizing and categorizing and and with these big heavy topics, children are are, are doing it in their play as well. And so, we, we need not be surprised when we see it happen. Um, the way I like to in presentations, the way I like to uh, address this is the the whole idea that you know play therapy is a thing. Children who've been, been traumatized, whether it was uh, uh, neglect or physical abuse or sexual abuse or, or whatever, play therapy is a tool that, that is often used to help children um, process those, those experiences. And the reality of play at home and in their early learning settings is that children are putting themselves through, through small do- doses of, of, of play therapy um, on, on their own all the time, whether it's something they see in the news or, or the fact that the goldfish died and they're playing death or, or whatever it is. And, and so being able to create environments where we support that, that effort to understand the world more deeply through play, is a, it's a big part of our job. Mm-hmm. It is. And, you know, I think there's a lot of benefits about... Um, working with a child uh, talking about deep and heavy topics um, you know if there's 
if you're open about disasters, you can, um, you're practicing handling fears. And kids have all kinds of fears, whether it's spiders in the bathtub or something else. But, you know, this is just one more fear for them, and it's practice handling it. Um, it's practice dealing with a negative emotion. Um, it's a chance to talk about mortality and death and, and life, um, which I think we'll have to devote a whole session to. Yeah, we'll do a whole episode on death. Uh, um, I, I got a question for you, Heather. Um, yeah. How do you talk to children about these big, complicated, scary things in the world and help them understand them when you as an adult are having a hard time comprehending and understanding them? Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of adults feel like they have to have all the answers before they can talk to their kids. Uh -huh. um, and I, I don't think we need to have those answers. For one thing, we, we will never have all those answers. Yeah. But we have to have – we can – explain what happened. For example, um, there's been a lot of police shootings and all sorts of shootings throughout the world and, and, and people, innocent people of all sorts being killed. So we can just say um, some people um, were killed, some people were shot with a gun. Just explain the basics mm -hmm. in a sentence, what, what happened. Um, and, and then focus on um, Focus on the good people who are helping. That's that's a tip from Mr. Rogers. But you know, and and this happened. It's it's a rare thing. It happened, and then all these people helped. Um, and then you can explain your own feelings. I mean, you don't have to have the answer, but you can say, "This makes me feel really sad or angry or whatever the emotion is." And um, and you can also show how you're going to help. I mean, especially if something happens in your own community. Uh -huh. You know, if you take your kids to a, um, a candlelight vigil or a, you know, a parade or whatever it is, or you're writing a letter to the editor, um, you can, you're donating food. You can model to your kid what you're doing to help and that, that you're on the side of the helpers and the good guys. Um, so you don't have to have all the answers. It's mostly... A very simple explanation of what happened, um, and then answering the child's questions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the child's questions are not, they're at the me, me, me level. So um, most of the child's questions you can answer. And if, you can, if, if they ask a question like, why did this happen, or why did they do that, um, you can say, you know, I don't know. It's okay to say you don't know. I, I, I think... bad I, things happen. I, the... the, the Allowing yourself to not know, I think it's it's a hard thing to do for a lot of us, but it, it's a it's a real powerful powerful tool when it when it comes to this kind of stuff. And and uh, for for some listeners, you, you I mean this may be a new habit you have to build. Um, uh, allow you don't know something. Yeah, yeah, because I mean we live in a world where we're supposed to have all the answers, and uh, and then we kind of expect it of ourselves, or we like to we like to pretend that we do and the reality is we don't and admitting it and saying it out loud is is kind of a hard thing to do um and life gets a lot easier when you can do it in all kinds of ways i guess right and i think another important thing is especially uh, the media influence um if, if there's a tv in the house that's replaying you know if you have the nightly news on and something has just big has just happened they're going to repeat those scenes over and over yeah. Um, and and they're gonna, the reporters have a lot of tension in their voices, and they might see some disturbing video footage. Um, 
it, we don't actually live with a TV in our house, so we get our, our news and media in other ways, and we can do it when the kids aren't around, or uh -huh. sometimes on radio, which is not quite as stimulating for the kids. Mm -hmm. But um, kids are just drawn to those pictures, and, and they can be very disturbing, um, especially because they play them over and over and over. And, and a young child might think, or often thinks, that the horrible thing is happening over, over and over. over. Yeah. Not just that it happened once. And even if they understand it happened once and they're just replaying it, um, it, it can just draw them in in a, in a way that's not healthy. So click off the media. Um, you watch it when you need to, but try not to um, have it dominate the child's waking hours. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think also before we wrap this up, we've got to realize that this isn't a new topic that adults are having to deal with. This has been going on for for all of all of human history, this kind of stuff has been happening. This isn't this isn't a new thing. 9/11, um, 15 years ago, uh, shortly after that, there was all kinds of uh, uh, buildings crashing and airplanes crashing in block play areas around the world in, in early learning <laughs> settings. Absolutely. Um, yeah. In in Peter Gray's book, uh, Free to Learn, I can't remember the name of the book he references. I bought it. I know it's in my house someplace. But uh, Peter references this uh, this amazing book that uh, that looked at, at, at children's play in in war zones and things like this and there's discussion in there about the, the way children played in prison camps during World War II and they I mean very graphic very violent play in an effort to make sense of it and so when we see and, and actually to train themselves the skills they needed for to survive yeah, 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 and and so it's yeah. it's 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 a thing. It's 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 been going on forever, and and I think we we kind of take on on this perspective you sometimes. Think it's all new. Yeah, that the yeah. world is coming to an end, but the world's been coming to an end for a long time, if 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 that's the the truth. And so it's not something well, we're dealing with as humans for the first time. No, but as a as a, a parent or or somebody, it may feel as if this is all brand new because you're finally you're having to explain it to somebody younger who doesn't has never uh, you know experienced this or studied history. So it, it's it's new. It's, it's a new, new to role. you. Yeah, it's new to you, but not and new. It's also new because um, d I mean, when we each generation lives through a period of history, uh, there are different eras. And we're in a certain era right now. We're in an era of um, global terrorism. And there's been different eras that we've been part of before. We're in a big um, race relations time in the U.S. And I think we can also tap in. A, a young child can, uh, you know, understand, let's say, um, some of the black-white shootings and police shootings and Black Lives Matter that's been going on um, and will continue to go on because these issues are unresolved. Even a young child can understand that um, people aren't treated fairly, and when you know somebody's treated differently than somebody else, they understand fair and not fair. Mm -hmm. Fair is when you get the same size cookie with the same number of chocolate chips in it. <laughs> you know, they they understand this fundamental concept of that's not fair at a very young age, and so you can often frame things in the adult world as a question of fairness, and it makes sense to a young child. That's something that you can use as a touchstone. Yeah. But I think the important thing is is to check in with a kid, turn off the media if it's excessive, 
and just say, what do you know about this? What Can I answer any of your questions? Um, and then help them focus on feelings and, and, and helpers and avoid saying, oh, that will never happen to you or I'll keep you safe or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I think it, um, it's implied in, in what we said, but I, I better make it real clear. This is all depends on the age of the child. We've got to respond appropriately. The conversation, the amount of detail we, we discuss with a 3-year-old is going to be a lot different than a 12-year-old. And so we've got to, right. we've got to uh, take those things into consideration as well. If, again, the same mantra. If she's old enough to ask, she's old enough to get an honest answer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you might think, oh, gosh, I'm not ready for that conversation yet. But if the child initiates the question, then she needs an age-appropriate response, but it can't be blown off because if she's old enough to ask the question, she's old enough to be given a version of the truth, a, a truth, but at a level that she can cope with. Um, yeah, if, if the child's ready to answer the question, it doesn't matter if you're ready or not ready to answer it or not. It's, it's, no. it's time to answer it. It's time. <laughs> yeah, time to get ready. Yeah. Anything else we should uh, touch on before we wrap this one up? Uh, no, I, I think I think that it's it's tough to recognize it's tough and to go ahead and allow yourself to make mistakes in these um, conversations with your kids, um, and just to check in once in a while. The other thing is that um, if there's something happening that's big and bad in the news nearly every day, you don't have to update them. <laughs> yeah. Here's the you know the, the weekly or daily update on all the terrible things in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, just check in every once in a while or answer their questions. So they could they could skip say seven disasters before we actually have a conversation. Don't that's great, um, but they may have picked up more than you know. So don't assume that they're just these innocent, oblivious little creatures going about their merry ways. Oh, you can't wrap it up better than that. Hey Heather, thanks for uh, thanks for bringing up the conversation because I got to tell you on on my flight back uh, the other day I was thinking about topics for for the different podcasts and I thought well this is a conversation that should probably be had and then I was thinking well I don't want to have it. Um, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> going along with it. Well, no, I, I, I I'm glad we did because I, I think it's important and um, uh, it was a little bit scary for me but I, I think we covered it. All right, so good luck to everybody, and um, and just continue to, to try to answer those questions and check in with kids, and, you know, we will, we will all muddle through. Absolutely. Hey, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate your time and attention and, uh, and the support our listeners have been showing the show. Uh, back soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.